This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon and welcome to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. Nikki Seberini with you for the next hour. We have a very interesting show lined up for you, which I'm going to fill you in about in just a moment. But I just wanted to share something that was on my mind. I was chatting to a friend of mine who lives in Cape Town and she was in a supermarket and she said there was just masses of people buying water and vinegar and bicarbonate of soda and filling their cars and panic about this day zero when there will be no more water. And I was just saying, you know, it it must be so difficult living in Cape Town at the moment and having to be so aware of the amount of water you're using. And she was just saying it's awful and it's so difficult and how everything's dying and you they've got to know exactly how much water and they've got to put special instruments on their taps and it got me thinking after I'd said goodbye to her how what it really is is it's such an exercise in consciousness it's such an exercise in being aware so you know we, we're not aware of water we switch on a tap and there's water we flush the loo there's water we want to drink there's water we don't ever really think about what would happen if water had to run out and and I think the most important thing that we don't think about is how am I using this water am I conscious am I aware when I am brushing my teeth is the tap still on or am I switching the tap off when I throw something away Have I got something that can be recycled or not? You know, how am I living my life? When I'm eating, am I just eating or am I consciously eating and aware of what I'm eating and aware of, you know, is it, is it a a vegetable? Is it animal? What, what am I doing? And I think it just really speaks to living consciously. And, and what life seems to show us time and time again is we only become very conscious of things. And people and situations when it's taken away from us. And it just got me really, really thinking about that. And I think we just need to have moments of silence and be very conscious and be very aware when we're with the people that we love, that we're with them. When we're eating, that we're conscious of the way we're eating and what we're eating. When we're moving our bodies, when we're in our bodies, we're all parts, all aspects of life to be so very conscious of the gifts that we have every moment of every day. So I thought I'd start the show off that way. I just got thinking about it and I thought, Let's really be conscious of being conscious. How's that? So the show's also got a lot to do with consciousness. Um, our, our warrior today was on the show in August and uh, he was going for stem cell um, donation. And um, it, we really, I, I, at the time I said to him, we want to know how it goes once you've gone for the transplant. And he said he'd let us know. So we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about an issue which could be a little bit uncomfortable. And we're not going to spend too much time. I'd love to spend a whole show talking about it. And that has to do with the donation of your stem cell cells, of blood, of organs, and where does that fall within the religion? Um, What is allowed and what is not allowed? How many lives are being saved as we speak because people are donating and how many are losing lives because there have been no matches? So it's going to be quite interesting and that's very much conscious living. But I want to start off the show and I think this is also a big conscious decision that you can be making and that is what are you doing this year and have you planned anything extraordinary? Israel's turn 70 years old and is this just going to be another year or are you going to fulfill a dream maybe you've had a dream to go to Israel to celebrate to get fit to be a part of something far greater than yourself because if you've been thinking about it maybe you need to make the conscious decision you know the the DL link um, is sending a team over to the Jerusalem Marathon it's taking place in March it coincides with Israel turning 70 and you can be a part of it it's not just for a select group you listening right now right now you can make the decision to do something extraordinary so let's just have a look at what's involved in the DL link um, group going along the marathon I know that registration ends on the 22nd of Feb so I'm so happy to have Tammy in the studio from the DL link who's just going to tell us a little bit more about it Tam welcome thanks for having me Nikki as always a pleasure having you on the show 
and you're busy, busy, busy. How is it going? Are a lot of people interested? Um, is it a bit slow? Tell us where you yeah, stand no, at the moment. So, thank God we've had a lot of interest. Um, so, yeah, last year we did it. It was actually all came together at the last minute. We had two runners last year in February, beginning of February, we had two runners and we landed up having 50 by the end, which the marathon was in March. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so I think from last year, you know, it just um, brought a lot of inspiration to the runners as well as the patients. And this year there's been a lot of demand and a lot of interest. Um, so far, we have about almost 40 runners uh, signed up. 40 and, already. Yeah, but we're trying to hit 70 for the 70th okay. year of Israel and also to identify for over 700 cancer warriors who are relying on DL Link sure. every day mm. and who we're actually running for. Mm. So I just want to read something, if you don't mind, Tam. It was in the magazine and it's uh, written by Warren Smith, who he says, I'm a 37-year-old single parent and I've been fighting colon cancer for over two and a half years. And Warren says, fighting cancer is a very lonely road, similar to a runner. It's just you pounding your way one step at a time, aiming for that finish line. As lonely as it is, the support of family and friends is vital. A burden shared is a burden halved, and the support from all of the deal link has helped me so much on my road, whether it's delivering a Shabbos meal for my son and I after I've had chemo or just a WhatsApp message of support. They've been at my side this whole time. They are my cheerleaders, my support, and my angels. And the support of a total stranger somehow has an even more profound impact on those of us running this race called cancer. You've no idea what it means to me that a total stranger would run in my name. It empowers me to keep fighting. You give me the strength to carry on. And hopefully knowing this will in turn give you the strength to keep pounding that tarmac when your legs are burning and your breath is short. We can do this together. We can cross the finish line as champions. And so beautifully put, Warren Smith. Thank you so much. And for those listening, you really, to be a part of it, and, and you don't have to run the 42K, Tam. Yeah, no, we do um, all of them. So there's the 10K, the half marathon, which is 21, and then the 42. Um, and some people are actually even coming just to support DL Link to walk the five kilometers. Um, and then actually something amazing is that we, one of our warriors, Brenda Stern, who last year was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. just before the marathon, we ran for her. And this year she is going to be coming with us to Jerusalem to run with DL Link. Oh, oh, I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. That is yeah, that. I love gosh. that story. Yeah. What a beautiful cycle. What a fantastic cycle. So you can be running in the name of these warriors, you as a warrior. It's just great. So, Tam, how can people get hold of you? How do they do it? So if they'd like to to run they can just go to our website and there's a link it's dllink.coza slash jm sign up and if they'd like to sign up for the marathon and run um, otherwise if they can't run and they'd also like to sponsor a patient of I mean, a sponsor right now, of course, this is also a fundraiser for DL Link to be able to continue to support over 700 cancer warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's all on our website, dllink.co.za, or they can email us info at dllink.coza. Fantastic. Thank you, Tam. I actually have John Assenbaum on the, the phone. Um, he is, uh, he is part of the DL Link family. He, he's someone who's going to be running for him. So I just want to get a, a, an idea from John how he feels about that. John, welcome and thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So, John, I, did you hear that what I read out that Warren Smith had written? Were you able to hear mm-hmm. that? And and how do you feel about that? I mean, do you how how do you feel about someone going to Jerusalem and running um, with your name at the back of their their kit? I think it's very special and very it's an amazing, uh, amazing gesture, and it has an amazing meaning to it. And please God, get the results. And John, your association have you been associated for a long time with the DL Link? Yeah, I started in 2012 uh, with cancer in the car and then uh, I joined the Zero Link. I've been there for about what, five, six years, yeah. And, and just wonderful support. Absolutely, mm. absolutely amazing. Mm. Take it to Kira, you can shop at Smith. Of course, you have meetings, there's seminars, we have one or two big events, as you just mentioned, with the 
seriously medicine. Mm. But they're amazing, helpful, kind, caring people. Well, John, thank you for, for coming onto the radio, for sharing that. I know that you're going to have a, a runner running in your name, and we wish you yes. health and vitality, and um, thank you for coming onto the show. It's been lovely chatting. Pleasure. Thank you for Go well. Much health, John. Go well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. John Essenbaum. Um, yeah, and he's one of the warriors, one of the, the DLLink warriors. Hey, Tim. Yeah, he's amazing. Extremely brave warrior. And, John, if you're still listening, we just wish you health and strength. And, yeah, we just love you, as you know. Mm. And there, and that's what just makes this, this race more and more important. What You were going to say something, Tam? Yeah, no, so Warren Smith, just as he said at the end of his letter, um, actually, it's not only the patients that get the inspiration, but the runners too. When we did the marathon in the first year, 2014, um, one of our runners, you know, it was the first year we had done it and we were running in the name of patients. We didn't actually realize how far reaching this effect would actually have. And one of our runners was running for a little four-year-old girl. Her name was Mia. And she said like two kilometers before the end, she was just ready to quit. If anybody's done the Jerusalem Marathon, you know, it's a very difficult marathon. It's mm. full of hills, but mm. it's really exciting. Um, and she said she was just ready to quit. And then she thought of Mia on her back and she thought, well, Mia can't quit. Mia's going through chemo and she's got to get to the end. And for her, I'm not going to quit. And it literally pushed her to the finish mm. line. Mm. All these, and, and yeah. you know, we started off talking about being so conscious. If that, that just yeah. brings you back to the now and yeah. to what you doing and your greater purpose that's a beautiful story thank right. you Tams and thank you so much thank so you, people can be contacting you they can go online and let's go for it come on we want to yeah. send a DL link group 70 runners that's what that's the dream yeah I've got a feeling you'll be, you'll be surpassing that but let, let's see what happens great thanks thank thanks. you Tam let's take a break um, and then after the break Malcolm Henderson who was our DL link warrior just a few months ago will be joining us and telling us what the this uh, incredible treatment is doing and, and just how he's feeling. So stay with us. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. So welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM, 18 minutes past 12 o'clock. So I think the theme for today should really, really be living consciously be aware be in the moment those relationships the interactions all of those things just be so aware of them don't just wake up to them when it's too late that's what I say so oh I'm so happy to have Malcolm Henderson on the show again I loved meeting Malcolm it was last year that he came onto the show he was our warrior he explained his story and he we certainly will update you um, but there was such an exciting event coming up and now we're talking post the event and that is post the uh, blood stem cell donation that that took place um yeah so malcolm welcome back onto the show Long time no chat. Let me tell you, you have been on my mind. I mean, I just remember sitting in the studio and seeing your beautiful, beautiful eyes and that you had you the so brave and sharing your story and knowing that you had this matchup um with the stem cells and that you were going in for this for this um I know it's a transplant or a donation or whatever it is, I don't know yeah. the right way of putting it, and now this is post the transplant. Plant. So, how are you, Malcolm? Yes, Nikki, that's correct. Um, it's a it's post the transplant. I'm feeling so good. Um, I think God has really been on my side throughout this whole treatment, through chemo treatment, through the bone marrow transplant. I've just been in such good condition. I haven't had to have any antibiotics throughout my treatment, and I've really been able to. Smooth sail, sail through it all, which I'm so grateful for. Oh, I can only, you know. I'm clapping. My heart is soaring. I'm so happy. So let's fill everyone in, Malcolm. So you, sure. you were diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. When did it happen? Tell us what happened. Update us. Or fill yes, us in, that's rather. That's correct. Um, 2016. November 2016, I, I felt ill. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we didn't really know what was wrong with me at, at that moment, seeing numerous doctors. Um, and um, it was my GP that found out 
um, that I had chronic myeloid leukemia in the January of 2017 mm-hmm. um, when we'd done blood tests. Obviously, my life changed um, in an instant. You can imagine, Nikki. I'm, I'm a young 25-year-old, vibrant, very active, uh, living my life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I was more in hospital than I was in my own house. Yeah. Um, so I think it took a lot of mental strength on my part. Um, and just really trusting the process and trusting the doctors um, for healing, you know. And Malcolm, of course, when a doctor tells you that you need to have a bone marrow transplant and that's going to be part of your treatment, you know, you sort of think, well, let's go for it. Let's do it. Great. Fantastic. But there are so many stumbling blocks along the way because you're looking at a donor. Someone's got to donate their, their, their stem cells or their bone marrow. And not only that, but it's finding the match that is so incredibly difficult, Right. Definitely. So um, once I heard that I needed a donor, the first thing we'd done was have a meeting with the family um, because that was the first um, you know, option was to check if the family could maybe be a match. My sister who stays in New Zealand unfortunately couldn't get to South Africa. So the next possible options was close cousins, mm-hmm. um, nephews and nieces. Um, they were checked. Um, they went to, um, to do blood tests and unfortunately they were not matches. So you can imagine my heart sunk. Yeah. Um, and then we had to resort to finding a donor. And um, we've done everything from speak to the church to advertise it on Facebook. Um, the fashion community got on board. It was all over social media saying, listen, this is the solution now. And we need to find a donor ASAP. It was then on the the Sunflower Fund who came through for me and we found my donor on the Bone Marrow Registry, South Africa. Hmm. Um, My donor was such a gem who has just been so patient and has just done everything that they've needed to do. Obviously, the donor needs to go for tests from when they they signed up to the Bone Marrow Registry just to see if they're still okay, Hmm. if their health is still in order, if they're still able to donate and everything was in line um, to do the bone marrow transplant for me. Sure. Everything just came together, Malcolm. Did you... No, it's just, it's incredible because I remember before they were talking about it's like a, it's it's such a small chance of actually finding a It's a a one in a million chance. I'm not joking. A million chance. Um, There is eight chromosomes. Your blood is so specific to your body. It's like Mm -hmm. your fingerprint. There is Mm -hmm. no one that has the same... Um, blood. So yes, you can have the same blood group, E positive, A, O blood group, but in the blood, there's eight chromosomes. Six of those chromosomes needed to be a match for the donor to be a match for myself. So you can imagine, it's, it's, it's a one in a million chance. Mm, sure. And did you, I know that there's a lot of anonymity and um, this person is volunteering and they don't want anything for it. Did you get to meet your donor? So I haven't um, met my donor. I actually signed uh, forms to say that I cannot contact my donor with, within two years after the transplant. Mm-hmm. Just because, um, you know, sometimes people want to help and they don't want to have that emotional connection um, to the to the person they're donating to. You right. know, so not everyone is a success story like mine, mm-hmm. you know, Nikki. Um, mm-hmm. So it can be very emotionally draining for the person yeah. um, to, you know, all of a sudden be thrown into the deep end. Yeah, I'm helping someone and now I'm, I'm literally in their lives. Yeah. You know? Wow. It's it's quite, it's so amazing. I mean, we talk about this cancer that you had and you're not going for treatment. Um, I mean, you had the chemotherapy, but there's someone else who's actually going to help you with your treatment and overcome this. You know, just the whole idea so that human beings can help human beings is just incredible, which we're going to be focusing on a little bit later. Also going to chat with uh, Alana James from the Sunflower Fund. But for you, Malcolm, let's just talk about yeah. the build-up because I mean you're not in Joburg at the moment. You're at um, you, you, you're at the at Hurtus School Hospital, right? You're in the hematology ward as we speak. Correct, correct. And um, and the, the, it happened on what the tenth of Jan, the transplant. Yes, so the tenth of Jan was the date that they decided um, that I'll that I'll be receiving my transplant. 
um, I was super excited. You can imagine. Oh, um, can you imagine? I had waited for this for you know a year seems to have flown by looking at it now. But I mean, when you when you when you're in it and when mm. you yell every day, Nikki, a year is like a forever. Yeah, you know. Sure, so sure. to finally have this day come is almost it's almost it's surreal. You know, mm. so um, I had my chemo treatment, which obviously killed the cells in my bone. I had about a day, two days rest before we done the transplant. Um, now, the transplant is, it's a bit of an anticlimax because a lot of people think, you know, transplant, they connect it with a kidney transplant or, you know, there's no cutting it, you, you open. It's not a surgery. It's a simple procedure. Um, which um, the, the, the diluted blood from the donor is distributed via a drip through my body. That's it, um, eh? so, so I have a pick line in my arm. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's a line in my arm that is in my arm vein mm-hmm. and it's just above my heart and that the, blood, the diluted blood then goes through my pick line and then um, sits into the bone marrow. Modern medicine is how this works. It sits in the bone marrow, and then the body then says, listen, now we've got to reproduce new cells. Uh-huh. And then it's a sit and a waiting game as you, as you hope that the cells grasp and this whole procedure works, you know. Sure. Now, how long does that take before so you it know? Takes about, it takes about 10 days before we start seeing um, the cells start producing. I'm on day 14 now. So by day 15, you can tell if the cells have grafted or not by the cells growing. So in my case, the cells have been growing. My red blood cells have been growing on their own. My HBs have been growing on their own. And the white blood cells have been growing on their own, which is a sign that the cells have grafted. The donor cells have grafted and they're producing in my bone marrow. Oh, Malcolm, that is such wonderful news. What a huge it is, oh, relief. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful it's, story. I have, I have a second chance at life. Yeah. You, you know, Nikki, and I, and I cannot stress enough to the listeners um, to please, please, please become a, uh, a donor when it comes to the bone marrow. Mm. You know, please register on the Bone Marrow Registry South Africa. It's simple. You can go on www.bonemarrowregistrysouthafrica.co.za and it's so simple. It's like donating blood. There is no pain involved. It's a simple procedure, and that can save someone's life. You know, because of my donor, I now get a second chance at life. Mm-hmm. And all it cost them were a few liters of uh, bone marrow, blood, really. Blood. That's it. Blood. That's Malcolm, it. I, well, listen. You know, I started off the show saying, let's be conscious, let's live consciously. And I, I'm really hoping yeah. that today's show is going to be a wake-up call for everybody, how they live, and also an ability to give, an ability to save a life. What what can we do? So I want to ask you, before I say goodbye, just one more time, after you had had the, the, the transplant and you were yeah. sitting, the lights had gone out and you were lying in bed and it was time to go to sleep, what was going through your mind knowing that you had this, this, these new cells in your bone marrow that they were either going to take or not? Just take us through that. What, what were you thinking? Definitely, it was definitely um, emotional, um, Nikki. You know, I had a moment where I just broke down. Yeah, I'm um, I sure. even get a little bit emotional now thinking I'm sure. about it. I'm sure. Um, it's just, um, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to the doctors and to my donor and to the Sunflower Fund for making this possible. You know, I'm I'm a young man that is just, I just love life so much, Mm. you know. Mm. Um, So just to be able to be given the opportunity to get better and to heal is, um, I cannot express my gratitude enough. You know, I will forever be in favor um, to these people for helping me. Um, I will forever have to do service. you know, to express my gratitude of how grateful I am that there's a God out there that, you know, can can help me. Oh, Malcolm. 
Listen, we are we are so with you. Our prayers are with you and just wishing you health. May you get stronger and stronger as every minute passes. And and when you are just up and running around, come back onto the show again because you're an inspiration and 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 the, your whole story, please God will be an inspiration to many of our listeners. I'm really hoping that people are going to start considering um donating um you know, looking at the their bone marrow and that donating. So Malcolm, thank you. You are just a very special human being, and thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you, Nikki, and thank you for bringing awareness to this disease. Go well. God bless, Malcolm. Lots of, Ciao, lots of good health, good vitality, lots of love. Bye, Malcolm. Thank you, Nikki. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. And, you know, when I when I did interview Malcolm and he was in the studio and he's, he's, he was so pale, he was almost gray, um, you know, with his, with his year of fighting, fighting this illness. And yet his eyes, I'll just always remember looking into these blue, blue eyes that just had a, such a fight in them and that someone else has given him the opportunity as he said, oh, isn't it just fantastic? We're going to take a break. Afterwards, I'm going to be chatting with Dr. Estelle Verberg, um, the clinical hematologist and senior consultant at Grotescue Hospital. Then we're going to be talking to someone from the Sunflower Fund. And then I'm going to be chatting, and I really hope we are going to be chatting, to Rabbi Gidon Fox, who's the founder of Shifra Halachic Supervision. We're going to be talking about what is involved. Does it go against the religion to donate bone marrow, to receive? donations stay with us we're going to be talking about it all this is life links with a dl link Welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. Just um, having Malcolm Henderson on the line, our cancer warrior who's at Grotescur Hospital. He's just had this bone marrow transplant. He's had the second chance at life. It's it's taking. It's all good news. And um, I have Dr. Estelle Ferberg who was part of the team who worked with Malcolm on the line just to talk about what's involved. So, um, Dr. Ferberg, thank you very much for joining us and welcome onto the show. So, so, Doctor, I know that it was Dr. Irma Pullet who worked very closely with Malcolm, but you were part of the team. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, um, I was, you know, chatting with Malcolm and he was saying it's after 10 days that you know um, whether the... Are you there? Doctor, are you there? No, I think we've I think we've lost Dr. Stelferberg. We're certainly going to try her again and while we are trying her, I thought maybe you you may be interested in asking any questions around donations, around bone marrow donations, because I am going to be chatting with Alana James from the Sunflower Fund in a moment. So if there are any questions you'd like me to ask her, and also the rabbi if you have any questions, even if you have any insights, any suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. Um yeah, in terms of donating. So the SMS number is 34519. That is 34519. The lines are busy, so rather just use the SMS if you'd like to make contact with us and if you'd like to extend any questions. 34519. Doctor, welcome back. I'm sorry we lost you. Yeah, you're back. Fantastic. I know you're busy. Um, and I know, as I was saying, you were part of the team that worked with Malcolm. And Malcolm was saying it takes 10, sometimes 15 days to see if, um, the body rejects or takes to the bone marrow. And I keep, um, kind of oscillating between calling it blood stem cell and bone marrow. And what is the correct terminology? And maybe you can just explain what happens to the body when you've got this new, um, uh, blood in, in, in the system. Bone marrow transplant. Okay, fantastic. That is just historically correct. In the the big um, uh, hip bones of the of the donor, um, and it was actually a procedure in theatre. Wow! You used to actually remove bone marrow from the hip. Yes, but it she was. was. Uh, it was. Still um, fluid. Yes. And it's actually still preferred, the preferred method in pediatric transplantation, pediatric bone marrow transplantation. Okay. But it's more cumbersome, and therefore most units in the world are now using stem cells, and that's where the um, confusion with the name comes. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, 
So we use stem cells and it's the same thing. It's just in a different medium or a different pathway, if we can put it that way. Um, and it's much easier to get. It's like a dialysis machine where, where the donor is hooked up. Blood is circulated. The stem cells are taken out and they are kept aside and given back to the patient. So it is literally doing a transplant, but I would call myself a transplant physician. In other words, I'm not a transplant surgeon, I'm a physician. Okay. I don't do it um, with a knife. I do it with hopefully the, the combined knowledge and wit of all the hematologists of the world. Dr. So, um, it's amazing. Yes, carry on. Yeah, so um, we use family members. And, you know, the, the term, um, you know, the derogatory term or the, or the accusation of you must be the world's only living heart donor. Mm. We, will, we won't make that in bone marrow transplant yeah, because it's living donors. Absolutely. And there is so much blood, it can be given as a gift. And um, it, it, it's boundless, basically. So that is what makes it such an amazing organ for transplant and for giving to others. Mm. So um, family members in the first place will be the donor. If there is no matching related family donor, then we will go to the bone marrow registries of the world. Um, and they are all in connection with each other. And that is where the Sunflower Fund comes in to, to help with um, uh, enabling this connection mm-hmm. between the patient um, and this bone marrow registries of the world and if that is not possible um, where I work in Cape Town we have also developed a technique that's become more um, popular and more viable and uh, very much cheaper namely using haplo identical transplant which means we use a family member that's not identical that's only half identical how do you do that um, so a full match means that we, we have two alleles on our HLA system, that this is the human identification system, which sets us apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And so for a full match, it means that your your sibling, who's, for example, a match, received both alleles that you received from, from the two parents, but you have four that you could receive. There's four to receive, and... Um, so basically it means that only one of four children is statistically going to be a match. Okay. If, if, a, if a match is sought. So um, if we use a haploidentical transplant, then we only use the one allele that's identical. In other words, um, it doesn't have to be both alleles. And there you can find any um, familial donor and it's actually a procedure that um, is as I said, cheap, um, because we don't have to search for a donor and quick. Um, is it as, as is as it as successful though, Doctor? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt well, you, because I'm wondering why that, you would go this long route looking for okay. a donor if you could just go the Hepler, uh, okay, the route, I'll identical get to my transplant. Punch line. I'll get you my punchline, and I think that will lead you on to some. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just joking about the punchline. The punchline <laughs> is that um, that. It, this, I say the HLA system is how um, we sit apart from each other. And amongst different ethnic groups, there are um, this kind of a regularity. Um, people are the same. And the problem is that if we search for an unrelated donor, in other words, if we don't have a matched sibling donor, um, and we're searching now for an unrelated one, which is, in a sense, second best, then we are going to struggle with many of our African populations to find a donor because there are not enough donors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have the exact figure, but say you need 10,000 people who've been touched to find one donor. Sure. So you can't, you can't just go to the neighborhood and say, let's all be touched. Yeah. And we're going to be a donor for um, the child who has a leukemia. You, you have to have a huge amount of people touched so that you can find one. And so typically in South Africa, um, it's mostly white 
um, sort of Caucasian mid-European people that easily find a donor in, in Germany, mm. typically of all places. Right. Um, so that it's not so easy to find a donor, and for the mixed populations of this country, as well as the African populations, it's almost impossible, sure. well nigh impossible. So then the answer to that is typing more people, getting the, the word out, getting the drive out, and that is what we all try to do. But an alternative for our patients who have no donors would be then to use a first-degree relative. Um, and that is very, very easy to come by because most of us have right. a first-degree relative. So it could um, be so a mother or father. It could be a mother, yes, father, mother, brother, father, sister. It okay. can be a sibling. It can be, yeah, it can, can be a 50-year-old 50 50 mother and her, her son. Right. Um, I, yeah, I recently had a lady with a... a sort of leukemia and it was her son and she got his bone marrow on her birthday. Oh wow. <laughs> wow that's, so that's lovely. very special. Very special. Yeah. Okay, so 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 in terms of um I hear that in terms of the matching, but with the HIA, the Hapler um identical in transplant, is it as successful as mm. the 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 I don't know what the right terminology yeah. you spoke no, about the four and no. the two is it as successful? No, no, no that's it's true that the best donor is the sibling donor, and I think in most cases second best would be matched unrelated. But remember, the data is not that old, okay. ten years old okay. by now of, of right. the haplo. No, not not of other transplants, but of the haplo identical transplant. The data is. The, the good data is really only a decade old, so um, it's difficult to, you know, to get, give a, a final answer to that. Yeah, but I hear you. What I can say is, increasingly, it is being seen as um, almost in, in some diseases, it's being seen as identical or almost as good. It's certainly okay. a good third choice. It's mm, not a bad mm, third choice. Mm, mm, it's a very I think good. The problem option. in South Africa is is not necessarily finding a donor. I mean, that's one other aspect of transplant. It's the fact that it's not being, uh, it's not widely available. There mm. are very, very few transplant centers. And in fact, British Skill Hospital is the only public transplant center in the country with sure. a program. Sure. There are two um, two other transplant centers um, in KwaZulu-Natal and in, in the north, in, in Johannesburg, that do occasional transplants. Um, but for the rest, it's basically private patients that have access. So um, that is also something that would be wonderful if that could change. Mm. If it was more widely available. Mm. And this, and with the HIA, it, it, it sounds like it would make it more widely available. And as you say, and it's really, more cost effective as well. Yes, but yeah. you need the expertise to do it. Yeah. And at this stage, we're the only transplant center in sub Saharan Africa Gee, in, in, worse. in academic medicine. With a wow, program. wow, wow, that's such a so, pity. I hope that changes, Dr. Faberg, because, you know, it, I, I can imagine that there's a great need for it. Um, it's just, it just needs to grow and I suppose it needs money poured in and then you, you start to attract the expertise and develop the expertise. Yeah, I, mm. I think South Africa, um, first Peter Jacobs and then Professor Bitsky after him, they've been building uh, this since the 80s. Um, in, in Fortescue Hospital. And um, we are very, very fortunate that we have this program. I, you know, I think it's, it's something that's built uh, and it's built deep and it, it will stand. But we would like to bring this to the rest of Africa. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Doc, we've run out of time. I thank you so much for coming onto the show and explaining it so clearly to us. Um, it's been great chatting and um, all the best. And thanks for the fabulous, fabulous work that you do. Me, thank you for asking us to speak. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye-bye. Dr. Stel Faberg on Chai FM. Um, we have Alana James, who is the CEO of the um, Sunflower Fund. Um, Alana, thanks for joining us. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely having you on the show and just to hear Malcolm's story and how <laughs> wonderfully it's all worked out. It must be, you know, for the Sunflower Fund and knowing that you are the ones who facilitate and get people to donate and people come to you for, for the connections and, you know, to be part of the registry. It, it, it must be wonderful when you have these kind of stories. 
You know, it, it, it really is. It's absolutely amazing. And I mean, I'm so glad there was a break between me coming on and Malcolm because I think like all of us, I was in tears by the time he was done. But, um, you know, when we recruit a donor, I think uh, it really is the most phenomenal thing you can do as a human for another person is to give them the hope of life. And listening, you know, to Malcolm's story just highlights that for us, that that's the role we play. We help people help people mm-hmm. um, and and that truly is a phenomenal job we get to do. So I want to, I mean we've heard about how it's done and I know that the last time when I spoke to the doctor they said it really is painless and I, I want to focus on for those who are listening today who have decided, who have consciously made the decision to put their, put themselves out there and to help others, how do they go about doing it? Is there a long process involved? What do they have to do? Okay, absolutely. Um, it's an easy process. And uh, when you talk about it being um, painless, you know, we had a donor um, who was giving us feedback around his donation, and he said the most painful part was when the nurse pulled off the Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> okay, that's great so, news. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so that process of donating. But to become a donor, if you're sitting there and you've listened to Malcolm's story and you've listened to the doctor and you want to be a donor, you know, just phone us. We've got a toll-free number, which is 0800 12 10 82, um, and we'll go through a health screening with you. We'll make sure that you're fully aware of the process that you're signing up for, and um, we will then complete your application telephonically. You'll then get that with details to go to your closest um, lab where you can have your blood drawn. And it's literally two test tubes of blood that we will take that will then be tested for as when you spoke to the doctor, that HLA or DNA typing that we do. So the blood will get sent off to the lab. And as soon as we get that result, that then goes on to what you called earlier the World Marrow Donor Association, which means that anyone in the world who's looking for their matched donor would be searching this database. Um, so you'll then be registered. We do encourage everyone to visit our website and just read the donor information. So you're fully aware of the process, but it really is an easy simple process to become a donor. I mean, why wouldn't more people do it if it's that simple? One last question that I do have for you, Alana. If you had donate once, so there has been a match and you've donated, is there a restriction? Do you only do it once? Or if there's been a match up a few years later, how does that work? No, you're only ever a donor once. Okay. So you'll be placed on the registry, and if you're a match for a patient out there, um, you will then be called and go through the donation process. And, and I'm sorry, the, the call um, with the doctor fell off when she was explaining the process, but if I can just say really quickly, when you are a donor, you will do a health screening. You'll make sure that as a donor, your health is taken care of as well as that of the patient. And the process is really easy. It's, it's like having, it's like donating platelets where the blood will come out of your one arm. It'll go into a cell separator machine. The bone marrow stem cells are removed. And all the rest of the blood goes back into your other arm. Oh, wow. Um, and you, you made comfortable. You're in a, a really comfortable lazy boy. You get to watch movies. You get to have, um, you know, a, a friend or family member with you during the process. Um, and, and that is the process of donating when you're an actual match for someone. Mm, okay. Simple as that. Alana, thank you so much. I just want to put that number out there again, 0800 12 10 82. And for those who want to visit the website, it's www.sunflowerfund.org.za. Everything is there for you. Thank you, Alana, for joining us. And just thank keep you. up the good work. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. And Nikki, if I may just answer the one question where you asked, um, where you spoke about earlier with the doctor, your chances, if you're a patient, your chances of finding a match at the current rate of donors that we've got is one in a hundred thousand. One in a hundred thousand. Okay. So the more donors wow. we have, the greater your chance of finding that life-saving match for a patient. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being part of our awareness and for just encouraging your listeners to register. Thank you, Alana. I really, really do hope that people are going to be registering. How simple to save a life, to give someone a second chance, like Malcolm was talking about his second chance. If we could all do it, it's as simple as that. So thank you. Thanks for the wonderful work that you do, Alana, and thanks for your time. Thank you.
Bye-bye. Alana James, CEO of the Sunflower Fund. I started off talking about being conscious. Like, how do you feel about going and joining the donor list, the, the Sunflower Fund, this painless experience, and you really, really could save a life? And I know that within the Jewish religion, we often talk about halachically, is it allowed, uh, you know, in terms of donating blood and now uh, bone marrow? And what about organs? Well, I'm so happy that we have Rabbi Gidon Fox on the line. He's from the Pretoria Hebrew Congregation, and he's the founder of Shifra Halachic Supervision. Rabbi um, Fox, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on now, I know we don't have a lot of time with you. I know that you're at a function. Just very quickly, in terms of halachically and going and donating blood, donating marrow, where, where do we stand? Is, is that okay within the religion to do that? Both of them are absolutely okay, and one could even argue um, in most instances where it doesn't have any negative or adverse impact on donor, actually obligatory. Uh, for us, life is sacrosanct, and we have absolutely all duty to try and save a life. And certainly those two that you just mentioned are without a question they're possible and to be done. Fantastic. So there's no reason in terms of religion holding you back to go and donate blood or to donate the, the bone marrow. That's great Absolutely news. And I'm so delighted that we've cleared that up. While I have you on the line, we do have a few minutes and I'm hoping we're going to have a, a, an extended show on that, on this. What about, what about organ transplants, Rabbi? Um, I know that's far more complicated. So uh, here too, one has to, and uh, divided into two components, and maybe we can deal with the one on this occasion, another on another. Sure. Uh, and that is between living um, donor organ, uh, donor donation. For example, a person who has uh, donates a kidney, and obviously um, posthumous donor or, um, donation. So the latter obviously is much more complex and complicated uh, because it, it deals with numerous ancillary aspects, not least of which is the uh, hotly discussed concept as to when we consider a person to in actual fact passed away. With regards to a live donor, that's already a different uh, story, and that once again is certainly permissible, and again, one could even argue to uh, obligatory. We have to bear in mind that in today's day and age, having the surgery to donate a kidney and living with cannot be construed by and large as imperiling one's own life in any way, shape, or form. So the issue that we would always have in something like this is, mm -hmm. uh, to what degree does one have to put themselves at risk right. in order to save another individual's life? Well, as I say, today that is really not a question anymore. The capacity to be able to donate can be done. Obviously, there's a recuperation period, but without any adverse impact to the individual themselves. And that certainly, therefore, is, as I say, both permissible and one could even argue obligatory as well. Okay, fantastic. So giving a giving an organ, uh, as you say, uh, being the, the, living don the living donation is permissible. So I know that we don't have much time, and I know that when, when we come across posthumous um, donation, that becomes a different situation. But let's look at if you need the, the organ as well. So if you now need the heart transplant, you need the lung transplant, you need whatever it is, how does that form? So it's not giving it, not becoming an organ donor, but the receiver of the, do of the, of the organ. Right. Well, you know, one, one would like to be able to give a, a simple, quick answer. Uh, but it actually still touches on the complexities of the Jewish law right. in this regard for the simple reason that uh, in receiving, one is perforce requiring an individual to become a donor. And the question then becomes whether the recipient is precipitating and causing the uh, whatever organ it is to be removed from that individual. So... It cannot entirely be done without looking at, at the donor. That's, that's number one. Mm -hmm. um, it's always part of the conversation. It's always part of, of the discussion, notwithstanding the fact that if this recipient won't receive it, then another recipient that is a match will receive it. Again, over here we're just going to talk conceptually rather than uh, definitively. Mm -hmm. So the, the issue at hand uh, is... 
that is there principally anything wrong if we take out the halachic debate and discussion as to the definition of death, and even if we do agree on definition of death, the mutilation of, of the body thereafter, which all of it becomes part and parcel of the discussion that needs to be had. Right. Uh, is there a problem in isolation of actually being given an organ from somebody else? As I say, excluding all the ancillary questions, the answer is no. In other words, there is nothing precluding inherently receiving an organ. The question only arises to whether that means that we are complicit in the process of the, uh, the donor's uh, demise. And that right. then once again goes back to the question of the definition of death, which is, is, is still remains hotly contested. Now, we do know that in uh, the total world, there is the halachic organ donation card. So there are organizations that in actual fact do create the framework within which organ donation can be done in a halachically acceptable manner. Right. That's not to say that that's unanimous across the total world, mm -hmm. but it, it should give us a bit of an insight to say that there certainly is room to discuss it, and there certainly is uh, opinions and positions upon which one could uh, arguably and, and very strongly argue that in actual fact one could be a donor. What I would bring to your listeners' attention is when you look at that HODS card, that Halachic Organ Donation card, I don't want to call it misleading, but if you look at the back, there are two alternatives. In other words, one can choose to be a Halachic Organ Donor with cardiac activity still functioning because the person is, is, has been determined as being brainstem death and the machines are keeping the heart going, or one can actually opt to be an organ donor with a non-beating heart. The problem with the latter is that invariably the function, the, the viability of an organ that is harvested from a person who doesn't have a beating heart is very limited, yeah. if, if at all. Yeah. So uh, that's really the problem. It's a nice theory that, you know, essentially by a person saying, I'm willing to donate my organs once my heart has stopped, they're basically saying, I'm, I'm not really willing to donate my organs. Mm, mm, I because the, the very few, very see what happens when the heart stops pumping, uh, basically the, it means that there's no oxygen anymore in the uh, bloodstream. Once that happens, that really atrophies all the viable organs anyhow. Yeah, yeah. So that really creates a problem. Yeah, and I mean, I hate to use the term, but to oh, to harvest the, the organ, it, it, it does need to, as you say, it, it kind of needs to be alive. It needs to be... Yeah. It needs to. Gee, it's very. It's, well, I, I and the language itself that you just expressed presents precisely the problem. Exactly. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's a, it's quite an uncomfortable. It exactly. Exactly. And it's a, and it's an uncomfortable uh, uh, discussion to have also because just having the discussion, we're talking about something that most of us don't want to talk about, and that's the the end, and and that's death. But I I, I do right. think that they're important discussions that we need to have, especially because there are so many people who are on waiting lists who are looking for healthy organs, and it's a chance for them to have a second chance at life, and and people are passing away every day and and I just think it's such an important uh, uh, dialogue, uh, Rabbi. So thank you for allowing uh, us to start this dialogue. I, I've, yeah, I love that we've started and I really hope that you can come into the studio and we can really um, have an interesting debate around it so that people can start making these choices um, and seeing, you know, opening it up, so to speak. 100%. And Rabbi, I, I, I agree you. with you. It's a discussion that has to be had. And uh, it's a reality that there's becoming more and more commonplace, both in terms of recipients as well as individuals who want to donate. Absolutely. And uh, whether that, whether we can facilitate that in, in consort with Jewish law. Rabbi, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wonderful, clear explanation. Uh, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. I look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you very much. Sorry about the paucity of time. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you. Uh, Rabbi, get on Fox. And wow, mind-blowing. And has it got you to think about things? Well, as far as bone marrow goes, there is no problem. Do it today. Make that call. 800 you could save a life. Let's be conscious. What are we doing? What decisions we are making? I hope I got you thinking. I certainly have been thinking and I'm walking away a different person. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for um, uh, being in my company. I look forward to being with you same time next week. For me, Nikki Seberini. Goodbye.